0: This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BREW and get 10% off your total order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking podcast. Uh, I am your only host for this episode, John. Uh, Dan is tending to some family matters. Uh, Not the show from the early 90s. That was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, if you remember that show or those shows. Uh, This episode's guests are Jason Spencer and Drew Rambo uh formerly technically of wilson and uh more importantly though uh they are the founder and co-founder of uh fueled by choice it is basically a lifestyle brand uh podcast um sort of a band with prescribed fires it's a lot of different things and you're going to kind of hear all about those things but um Basically, Jason and Drew have been long, long long-time friends, obviously, like I said, going back to the Wilson days uh, of the band, so it was one of those things where I kind of have been seeing what they've been doing, and, you know, we've been wanting to branch out a little bit more on this show and kind of have different kinds of people on the show, uh, different things. It's not always band-related, necessarily, uh, but maybe it's about uh, being motivated to do something, Uh, do some good for yourself, your community, so on and so forth. Uh, I think I've kind of made no bones about it, that basically... In recent, uh, you know, last few months, uh, therapy has kind of really helped me open a few new doors, new avenues of communicating, Um, and it's just kind of, you know, made me think about the podcast uh, in a different capacity, um, where you know, it can be more and utilizing the platform to kind of maybe help and encourage people to want to do more themselves. So, um, this was one of those opportunities where, uh, Drew and I had kind of reconnected after not really kind of talking for a while. Um, saw him at one of the last handful of Wilson shows that I went to and as you'll kind of hear more about that uh, in the chat. And, um, yeah, so this is really cool. I really like uh I, I do like the fact that in this chat that we talk about kind of the hardships of starting a brand from scratch, uh, where you're trying to figure out what you're doing, what is your mission, uh, and you know, are you staying focused and committed to it? Um, I definitely had some of those growing pains over on this show for a while, and it's just kind of nice to talk to some other creative people and just kind of hear about the struggles. Um, I think too often when we start things, uh, or when you see things get started, I should say, that you see people basically the final product more or less because everyone waits for everything to kind of be perfect you don't see the the behind the scenes struggles and you don't really hear about them until way later um when you're like well yeah you struggled in the beginning but now you're successful like you know what the fuck you can't just be talking about a struggle so far later um so it it was one of those to me where i really enjoyed the vulnerability of jason and and uh, drew basically talking about yeah we did have problems um starting this off and there was kind of a weird inconsistency with what we were doing and people didn't know what we were doing and i kind of like that so uh i don't really like talking too much in these when dan's not around so let's get into my chat with jason and drew a fuel by choice and i'll uh, wrap up the episode uh, real quickly on the other side of it <music>
1: Dude, Slayer overrated. Sorry. Yeah.
0: No, that's fine. I don't like them. So I mean if you like the same riff for twenty I mean, if they're the AC D C of heart well, I don't want to call it hardcore, of a metal or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, I can respect it and all, but you know, if you want to watch a Slayer show, just turn
0: the T V on white noise and uh Yeah. yeah that's Slayer show. <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's as good as any is to, to start kickstart this. Uh Talking with uh, Jason and Drew, uh, the I want to say both you guys are co-founders, right, of uh, Fuel by Choice? Yeah, founder, co-founder, his idea, and I'm okay. on board. It always gets kind of interesting when you talk to people who start a project and you're like, I don't want to, like, step on toes as to who does what. Like, well, I'm the president and I'm the vice president, and I'm also a client.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all good, man.
0: Um, so a little backstory, I guess, uh, cause we're no strangers to either of each other, I guess at this point between the three of us, um, how did, like, did you guys meet going to MSU? I would assume back before even Wilson maybe started or was Wilson the impetus of your relationship
2: of, uh, getting together. So we, um, we actually met at a party in 2000, like the winter of 2008, I believe, Um, and a girl that I went to high school with, uh, was rooming with his ex-girlfriend. So, um, I met him at this party and we started talking about music and I think, um, we started talking about our favorite bands and like misery signals and incubus came up, which is the most random fucking combination, like as being our top bands at the time. And we just started talking music and it turned out he was in um, for the fallen dreams or going out on tour with them um, in the near future. And I knew for the fallen dreams because of like the local scene and everything. Um, And we kept in touch while he was out on tour and then jammed and stuff when he came back home and uh, the rest is history. That's it in a nutshell, how we (laughs) met pretty much. Yeah.
0: (laughs) it's always interesting to kind of figure out where the, the seed basically of a uh, friendship and then you know whether people I think want to admit it or not but getting into a band with someone is basically the the beginnings of a partnership of a business uh, especially mm-hmm. once you get so far and are starting to make money you're probably getting you know going to record so you have to allocate funds uh you know all those kind of things where You know, we talk about on the show quite a bit where it's like you started a band because you wanted to have fun and jam with your friends. Well, then it turned into this thing where you're like, oh, fuck. Now one of us has to kind of be the accountant and the other one kind of has to know marketing or, you know, there's all these things that like and merchandising and so forth. And it's just like it's quite the interesting undertaking. I think band people kind of get thrust upon uh, when they kind of turn it from just kind of a weekend warrior or just a hobby into trying to make a go of it. And I think it's kind of interesting that that
2: probably was the beginning of your business relationship as well. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, I I'd say so for sure, like working it Wilson. Um, when it all started out, it was, it was like a fun project for us. Um, and it, it actually started at, I think we, we called our band like a Natura at the beginning. And it was a very like (laughs) incubus kind of like pop rock style band that, uh, Jason actually started writing music while he was out on the road um, in like MIDI format and sending me stuff <laughs> for that.
1: Dude, that was so wild. I would get, when I was, I can't remember what tour it was. It was with FDFD, but I would just get really stoned. And I'd be in the back of the van with like uh guitar tab, guitar pro yeah. tab or whatever. Yeah, guitar pro. And I would yeah. just hear it in my head and just kind of put random numbers yep. on the, <laughs> the strings in the program. like, eh, it kind of sounds like, a clean a clean misery singles part but it sounds sweet and and
2: then you you had uh you had like a mini like a line 6 pod or something to record through when you were in the van and you would, No, I didn't
1: even have that then. You, you This had, was it was literally just the Guitar Pro yeah app on the computer at that time. And then uh But
2: you would you would send me stuff and then like I think you would come home and you you translate it into a recording and I was like, "Oh my god, like this is he was sending me MIDI notes and then he turned it into a guitar part. And then all of a sudden we're jamming in like McGowan's base, basement, this stuff out for the first time. Um, and that's how it all kind of began. And then, um, long story short, we ended up just deciding to do Wilson at the end of the day, because it was something that people really got behind. Um, and especially at Michigan state and the party scene and everything. And it was cool to play house shows and max bar, um, and we're like, fuck it. People love this. Let's just keep doing it. And it did become kind of that, that business aspect where we were, you know, load, load in, load out times, like who's handling the money. Like we're actually making flyers now or putting them around campus. Like who's going to be in charge of all that. And that's so definitely in a way that's where it started. Um, I think when it took off to be really a business though, that's kind of when I like took a step back and left the band though. When, so There's actually kind of an interesting correlation
0: and a question I've, I've wanted to ask Jason and I think I've actually asked him, but just not for this. Um, But I, in prepping for this, I actually think it correlates down the road with you even drew where. So my timeline of when Jason, you left for the fallen dreams is kind of a bit shaky as to when you ended that. And then basically started Wilson. Um, Excuse me, but how much time had gone by between you not doing that and and basically starting what would become Wilson?
1: Oh, let's see. So I was out of FTFT. I think it was like the beginning or like mid summer or something like that. And I had taken enough credits at LCC to be able to transfer the state. And I had, there was that, that very fine window to be able to like be accepted. And I was accepted. So, um, so yeah, I went to orientation. I started up at state and obviously that was a huge, I was so confused at that time because it was like <laughs> going from community college to being on tour two completely opposite things. And then going to like a huge university from there. And then I would say, I mean, cause Drew was at state. And then we started connecting on our, what he was talking about in natura, the more of the pop um, indie style band And we were just doing that for fun. We had a singer who was based out of Ann Arbor. So we kind of go from East Lansing to Ann Arbor jamming. But on your question about time, I would say it was about like three months Hmm. before him and I started jamming, but it wasn't, Wilson was not a thing at all. right? And, uh, so a couple months go by, the singer wasn't really working out with us. And I had this old, (laughs) this old like task I track. And, uh, I was just kind of going, you know, yeah. With musicians, you you have so many influences, and at that specific time, I was like really and just wanted to play dirty rock and roll. I was like, uh, kind of on this eighties kick, and and so I started recording what we would call southern rock riffs on this Askam eight track. Which those were uh, the song Trips and Switched originally, and then I showed Drew McGowan. And obviously, like they were heavier guys, or they were in the heavier music, and we just kind of formed these songs on the side of this project, which was probably because this that Standing on the Rio came out what end of December? Yeah, I,
2: uh, mm. I thought it came out in like early late late 08 th- or early 09, I thought. I think it, I want to say I want to say this. It was like in the late spring or early summer because we were playing Max Bar. I can't remember exactly the timeline. So I mean, like when we we when we started recording Standing on the
1: real, I know it was cold outside yeah. for sure. <laughs> so that could be half of a year here in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's seriously, true. it's true. So I would say it was going into late fall and winter of two thousand eight. Was when I think Wilson started happening. And then there was an MSU battle of the bands.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> which was like, which was literally probably the mm. catalyst. So we still talk about yeah. this. I, I, I'll get to that in a second. So we did this random battle of the bands because half the band went to state. So we were able to like compete. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did the show and we somehow fucking won. And it was the weirdest thing because it's like, you know, you got these sorority girls and just these college kids hanging out. We're like, there's no way they're going to like this heavy, you know, <laughs> heavy music. Which we all loved, and somehow they voted, and we won, and we started thinking like maybe there's something
2: more here to try. So the coolest thing—not to cut you off, but sure. you have to know that this battle of the bands was at the international center, <laughs> and we <laughs> couldn't use full stacks, half stacks. We couldn't use a six by oh, ten and SVT. So we had combo amps on the stage. Ugh. Jason had his Furman, his Sonic Max, his compressor and everything in a road case next to a fucking combo amp. And <laughs> like, I don't even know how. I mean, it must have been cranked to 11, like literally and to hear it over McGowan's drums. And we just I don't it was loud. It was really loud in there, but um, it ended up sounding awesome. I yeah. think <laughs> I remember everybody was like sitting in front of us. Like nobody was standing. It was awkward. And we played three songs. I think we started with like snake eyes and people were just like, what is happening?
1: <laughs> yeah. And maybe prior to that, we played the, cause our first show was Milford. Yeah, I believe. But there. that, but that was, that was still like joke <laughs> band. And that was, that was that show or the friend who asked us to play that show was the one who, asked like hey what's your band name and then that was when him and I were drunk on a couch and we looked at each other I was like Wilson <laughs> and it was printed on the flyer so we did play I think one or two shows before the, um, the Battle of the Bands but the Battle of the Bands was that moment where I was like this band is way fucking cooler than the project we're trying to take seriously because <laughs> yeah. even, even when I was in school I was going to school to finish school I, I didn't really necessarily want to be there I was like, you know, it's a it's a great back pocket thing, but I wanted to finish and be out on the road. So as Wilson kind of started going and obviously Chad got involved and when Chad got involved was when things got a little more serious. We're doing the weekend warriors and we're doing the, you know, the week long tours, booking everything ourselves. And uh, yeah, what was I going to say? Like I lost my train of thought. (laughs) What What was I talking about?
2: I do do this all the time. I do this all the time. I go on a tangent. There's so much here (laughs) that it's hard to remember. Well,
0: okay. So like the reason, the reason I was asking initially uh, to kind of bring it back (laughs) to my initial question was more, you know, I, from my perspective, you know, Jason, I know that you were going to, to MSU and you leave a band that, by all intents and purposes is actually gaining momentum and is going to basically do that thing that you're looking for, which is I want to be on the road. I want to be in a touring band. And at that point for the fallen dreams is very well on their way to becoming that band, especially I think you're only not very far removed from changes basically coming out within probably two, three years at that point. Um, So, I mean like you're, you're the trajectory for that band is just huge from the perspective of where they are and where they're going. And it was just kind of interesting to me that the, the narrative always kind of seemed to be that you didn't necessarily want to commit to being a full time touring musician and that Wilson basically was birthed out of just doing something to have fun in the interim of you going to college and jamming with people also going to the same college. But it didn't take long for Wilson to catch, you know, catch on like you were both just kind of saying to then becoming basically right into the scenario that you left. Uh, almost seemingly for the same reason. So my question initially was going to be, what made you want to pursue it more fuller, more full on at that point with Wilson versus FTFD? Sure. I mean, looking back, be like prior to maybe like a
1: month, I would say about a month before leaving FTFD, I was just having like thoughts about, is this the genre? Is this, you know, the band I want to... try to make a music career with. And I, I'm, you know, all due respect, I, I love those guys and they did so much with that genre and that style of music. Um, I just always thought there was a slight glass ceiling to an extent in that genre more than anything. And uh, you know, not saying I was trying to be like a full on rock star and make a shitload of money. I never thought that would ever be possible. Never, never worked out anyway. But so yeah, I essentially just saw a glass ceiling in that genre and I just started kind of losing interest in that style as well and at the time like my um my family was going through some stuff and my ex-girlfriend of 4 years she broke up with me when I was on the road and for me being ni- tw- 19 years old I was like 19 or 20 years old like that was a huge toll to take on my on my well-being and like wellness and there were times towards the end of our, one of those tours where I would like walk off by myself and just sit on the curb and almost like put my head in my hands and almost start crying because I was like confused, you know, like being that young, being on the road, being miles away. It's like, it's everything I wanted to do at that time, but I was so confused about how to deal with home life at that time. And so that was a huge toll on me. And then I just kind of had between the genre realization and my personal well being, I was like, "I, I need to go home and address this and, yeah, and I kind of went back to school, and so but the music part was always in the back of my mind. I just knew I was like, I want to finish school and just get it over with, and catching up to now, like I'm super glad I did because it's helped me out in so many different ways with the band as well. Like I weren't so much about marketing, advertising, branding, and that helped so much with you know, as you know, you're so familiar with bands and music. It's like if you don't have a brand as a band, you know, people don't really want to consume it or subscribe to it. And, right. Uh, it's so important. No, no matter what your band is, it can be you You can act like you don't give a fuck, but you still have like this brand and this image tied to it. And someone's going to subscribe to it. And that's what starts building your fan base and so on. And so, yeah, I had to deal with some stuff and. And uh, I did, and I'm glad I did, because because Wilson was born out of it,
0: Drew, I guess I would assume it's the a, a pretty clear cut answer of probably just your nursing career Mm -hmm. starting to take off but what was kind of the impetus for you to decide that it was time to step away from wilson seemingly as they were kind of starting to to really kind of gain some momentum and kind of also a secondary question were you kind of uh talking to jason about possibly leaving or, you know, feeling what do I do or what do you think I should do, given the fact that he had kind of gone through this already previously?
2: I think, um, so I remember the exact moment very specifically when I announced that I was going to be done. Um, To answer your first question about the reason why. um, So, I was always like, like in college, it was so awesome to live these two different lives, like going to nursing school um, and playing in the band. And I even had, you know, my parents paid for my college. I was very fortunate for that. But I had my parents and my sister at like every show in Michigan and they fucking loved it. I mean, we named a song after my mother, Susie Jane. Um, and then I had like nursing school and it was like, don't get below a 3.8 or you're kicked out kind of thing. So I'm focusing on that. And I'm jamming too. And I always, it was definitely a stressor for me knowing that like both things were going on and and going pretty well, having fun and also having to focus on on my nursing career. Um, When I was in school, I started a externship, they call it, which is an internship for um, nurses where you're basically like a patient care tech. And, you you know, I I was working during the summer and uh, when I came home on weekends and stuff, and I started to basically build the foundation for a job right out of school. So um, right when you know we played Michigan State and maybe a few out of state shows, and Chad came into the picture, kind of right around when we were when I was finishing up school in my nursing program, um, and I graduated and started a job on that same unit that I had an internship and I knew everybody very well, um, and. I was working 312. So I would work, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it was like, all right, let's go out on the road. Let's go play Illinois and Galesburg. You know, let's go to Indiana. Let's come back, play something in Ohio and then play in Michigan. So it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, we're playing shows and then I'm working again. And I loved it for a little while when we did those stints. Um, And it kind of became, it was like, okay, when's Drew working? Let's see your schedule so we can plan these shows. So the pressure was kind of on there because I think you guys wanted to play more and branch out. And um, I think I kind of had a realization like um, not really enjoying the van life so much. And (laughs) um, I'm a guy that really needs like my exercise and to eat well and and have like a, a home foundation, I think on top of the fact that I was starting my nursing career and I could make some decent money and get things going. And you're tall as shit. I decided to, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, exactly. That I decided to to stop and it wasn't for me. And it was like, it was such a quick like gut feeling for me that it wasn't right. And I needed to pursue my career. And I remember we played a show um, in, where was it? It was with, um, Was it with Hey Bastard? Like we were with those guys. I think so. And I remember being in the van and I don't even remember if I talked to you about it beforehand, but I just like talked to everybody at once. I was like, guys, um, I want to let you know, like a few months before you're about to go out on your next tour. Um, I think I'm done. I need to take a step back and focus on my career. And I just, so it was a conversation with everybody all at once. Mm. And I remember we slept like all five of us slept on somebody's floor in a family room that night and then got up and drove home. I remember this. And I remember, I remember it actually. (laughs) I was trying to remember the setting. I actually, I remember it actually being like a very, um, I don't know, like a tension was released or something. And I remember us having a lot of fun that night Mm. Um, for whatever reason. That was just the vibe. So that's the story on that.
0: It's just kind of interesting because, you know, having talked to Chad somewhat recently and he was talking about you coming to pick up tickets for like their Sunday yeah. matinee show. And he goes, you know, Drew shows up and his scrubs, you know, assume, presumably either right after work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was like, holy shit, you guys are awesome. And you're like, yeah, you know, we're going to break up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it was just kind of one of those like, I mean, that's sort of. I I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, with the the, to see how big Wilson has become, and I'm sure, Drew, for you, it's even more wild to see it because you were part of it at Mm -hmm. the very beginning. I feel like I was not too far behind when you guys actually started playing shows. I mean, I always joke, you know, whenever Darwin would show up or people know Darwin, and I'm like, yeah, I saw Wilson open up for Darwin's band. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that kind of, yeah, so it kind of goes to show, like, even on a local level, I was around when you guys are still like the first of four on a local bill and being like, what the fuck? Like, why are you guys the opening band? But, uh, I think that's a common sentiment from a lot of people, but it's, um, it just, is kind of one of those things in kind of thinking about it. It's, there's just, there was a lot of people kind of coming in and out after drew left, you know, you had Taylor for a while, um, you know, McGowan ended up leaving and then you get Pui and then, um, Taylor ends up leaving and then you get Kyle, you know, there's just a lot of changes uh, happening in a very short amount of time. And, you know, I would assume you guys obviously probably stayed in touch throughout the whole, the whole thing. Um, oh yeah. But to kind of, you know, well eventually down the road, you know, we can do a whole nother kind of Wilson thing from beginning to, to end. Uh, Cause I think I've wanted to do that with Jason for a while. Um, but, you know, kind of speeding forward, you know, it was really cool to see, Drew started coming back around toward the end of Wilson, basically. Um, I know probably a lot of people didn't know who Drew was uh, at that point, like when seeing him at shows Um, and then, you know, getting to be master of ceremony on the stage and doing all that kind of coming out and doing, you know, Susan Jane and stuff like that uh, was cool for me to kind of bookend what was Wilson from beginning to end as a longtime fan. But at that point, when did the the idea for few by Choice really start? Was it because I think anything that anyone does, there's always the the idea, and then by the time you you are launching it and telling people about it, it might have been a year or two down the line of building everything to get it to where you're you're announcing everything. So, how long was this an idea before you guys announced it?
1: So I started kind of coming up with the concept towards the end of Wilson. So like, I think it was on our very last tour. It was, it was a tour we were doing that we knew the band was done. You know, like I I think uh, Chad mentioned that in your interview with him where we just knew, you know, Kyle was already gone. And I was just having like an epiphany in looking at the dudes in the band around me and myself too, and kind of looking in deep and being like, man, it's been 10 years and we're still here. Like, I I know like we're coming to an end, but like, why, why have we, you know, it's not like we're, we're not making any money to pay a mortgage. We're not, we can't buy cars with this thing. Like we're, we're still a slave to the road essentially. And, uh, I just started thinking more about myself and why I had done it. And, you know, I was also finishing up my master's while on the road. And so it was like all this shit that was going on, and I was just find, trying to find, like, a reason to validate why. <laughs> Your and, last uh, 10 years? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I just, you know, this the word choice kept coming. Like, I chose to do this. We chose to do this. And then I started thinking about friends at home. You know, Drew chose to follow his career as a nurse. My uh, fiance chose to open up um, her own business selling candles. And I just started thinking, I was like, everyone makes a choice and they're always they're fueled by it and i was fueled by the choice to pursue music for so long no matter what the outcome and no matter how hard it was and so that concept started coming and then uh i drew and i we went to a, a tedx um <laughs> event which i mean if anyone can go to one it's it's fucking crazy it man awesome. it's inspirational but just it's so interesting that you know the types and all walks of life at those events and i brought the idea to him and I was like, you know, does this resonate with you? You know, and obviously it did. And I was, I asked him if he'd be willing to start the business with me. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And that was around February
2: I think, of 2019. Was, yeah. So the, the TEDx was November, 2019. Um, oh shit. Where we, we had the first <laughs> conversation, I think. And then, I mean, fuel by choice, kind of like, morphed like came around around that time january february we started brainstorming and then the actual concepts like really started coming to life um early 2020 so
1: it sorry as far as like a planning thing goes yeah so initial idea november wilson had its last show so i was super busy with that and then once that was done it was kind of like freedom in a way it was like this this weight lifted off it's like wait i don't have to go to practice tuesday and thursday at 7 p.m like I, I have all this free time now. And so we started kind of coming up with more uh, visual branding ideas and how we were going to present it. And we always knew that we wanted to do, wanted to do apparel and we wanted to do a podcast podcast was always kind of mentioned in the beginning. It was more or less like, okay, we need to take it like baby steps. So we started out very conservative with just introducing the name and we were doing uh we were conducting kind of written interviews with people that we thought were super cool and inspiring and that they were also living through the choices that they made. And, bear in mind this is positive choices because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know p- many people be like well i made a choice to drink and drive last night it's like well, yeah. <laughs> sure i mean like there's always good and bad choices to make mm-hmm. but I mean like our our we're promoting positive choices and constructive and people who are progressing in life and you know dealing with the cars that they're dealt with anyway in the circumstances and overcoming them and you know promoting wellness um so yeah we started out very passive and And it was fun and all. And I think once we started introducing the apparel, that was maybe four months. That was in July. Um, That was when we started to kind of using more of our voice. It was like, you know, I, 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 the interview part's great, but it's just, it was almost like too conservative for our personality. I mean, you know, us like, yeah, we like to have fun. We like, you know, we like your party guys and stuff. So we kind of, added more of an edge to it and which kind of gets us to where we're
0: at right now. I think that was kind of the interesting thing is, and, you know, I guess what I'm done kind of uh, saying how I felt the company was starting and what I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, obviously I think maybe the, maybe the pandemic made you kind of pivot (laughs) um, in addition to just, you know, choosing kind of seeing what's working and what's not, you know, when you guys started it, obviously knowing that you know because like anything especially in the day and age of social media if you see like you're following something drew's following something and there's only like two or three people involved that are following the thing that's following all of its friends you're kind of like oh i can deduce that one of the two of you or both of you are involved in this because you're the only ones that are following it currently um and when the interview started coming out, I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was something related to the healthcare industry because that's sort of what it seemed to be focusing on initially with the interview. Or I, don't, I wouldn't even necessarily call them interviews. It almost seemed to be just a quick like uh, paragraph of something like uh, like if you just ask someone like how are you fueled by choice? And then here's your paragraph answer. And it seemed to be that. And I was like, okay, so I guess this is a motivational brand uh, of sorts. I don't really know what this is. And then, like you said, a few months goes by and and now it's uh, like a clothing brand or a lifestyle brand, I guess I should call it. And then it kind of morphed into seemingly, you know, the band you did with Kyle or are still doing with Kyle. I I don't really know what the the prognosis or what's still going on with that. (laughs) But um, that then I was like, what, what is this? Because it seems like it's so multifaceted that I either don't know if they don't know what the brand wants to be currently, or if this was the the thing of it's everything fueled by choices, everything it's, it can be a band. It can be a podcast. It can be clothing. It can be an interview. It can be motivational speaking or whatever. It can be all of these things because those are choices that are fueled by something. Um, and so it was kind of interesting to see the company for lack of a better term, kind of, getting its legs and, and kind of being what it would become um, beyond, I guess the initial blurbs or the interviews or whatever, what was the original mission statement? And how do you think it has morphed now to what, what do you think it is
2: now versus what you started it as? Hmm. All right. Original question mission statement. <laughs> um, So, I mean, we started out like trying to figure out a good way to present the concept of Fueled by Choice and also make it be something that everybody can be on board with. So I think like we have some stuff that's like Fueled by, in parentheses, driven by you. Like, let's make it like a car, like a vehicle, like going forward kind of thing, like forward progress. Um, The most to think exactly like what the mission statement started as is kind of tough to remember what it was because it was very loose. Um, But we finally nailed down apparel and accessories for um, individuals that want to promote making good choices for themselves and their community. Bottom line, like that's what we got now. Um, I think it's so funny that you say you know, because you followed the brand and and the prescribed fires band and everything pretty closely, obviously, and you know, how we've kind of branched out. Um, I have, that's one of the criticisms we've had is that we don't have a niche, like we haven't figured out exactly what it is that we're going for. Um, And it all kind of has evolved. What's really happened that I think is cool is that we've had people that have like bought apparel, and then they come to me and they'll like see an interview and they'll be like, I love what you guys are doing. Like, this is awesome. And so while we're sitting here trying to figure out like what we're exactly pushing and what's really important to us, people are are saying that it's inspiring them. And that's bottom line, what we really want. Um, And what we realized is that we need more of an identity. We need to actually like talk. We need to um, make our podcast and interview people. Mm-hmm. And get the word out and ask them what Fueled by Choice means. I mean, that's where we started with those little interviews and sending emails and um, gathering stuff. But how cool would it be to identify ourselves as people while interviewing and um, getting feedback and putting stuff out there is so important. So that's kind of how it's what it's evolved to now. So it's it's apparel and it's it's, you know, interviewing people to try to uplift others. And um, I don't know if you want to add to that, but you pretty much nailed it. um, It's been, for lack of a better term, we weren't super like (laughs) focused on this is it. We were just kind of like, let's put stuff out there and see what happens. And I feel like now it's as you can kind of see, it's being becoming a little more focused, which is exactly what we want. Um, and it was kind of confusing with prescribed fires, us rolling the brand out and prescribed fires at the same time. Cause I had people that were like, what do you, you're like doing a brand and you're doing a band. I'm like, yeah, like, we're just like all of our creativity. <laughs> we're just throwing out there while we're all like isolated in our homes. Um, but we understand that it's confusing too, for sure. Yeah. I think that's the interesting
0: thing at times. Um, I know I've gone to Jason, uh, somewhat recently to kind of help with, branding of sorts and kind of just getting an understanding of you know i guess what do you want like the funny thing about doing the podcast is like you know i see the numbers but then like hardly anybody gives me any feedback of any kind good bad or indifferent Mm -hmm. so you're just like i mean i guess this is good i don't know like (laughs) no one's no one's saying like dude this sucks or yo this is awesome it's just it just is and so yeah. you just kind of get to the point where you're like, OK, after like four or five, you know, about five and a half years now of doing this, you're just kind of like, OK, I think I need to do something different because it's growing. But I also get no feedback, which is probably not great because <laughs> um, that's the only way to really grow is to to kind of understand what, you know, your your demographics or your your audience or whatever is wanting from you like if you're just kind of consistently missing the mark and no one's telling you then it's like and then you see your numbers dipping and you're like well what the fuck happened um so it's it's really weird and the pandemic obviously throws everything into a crazy shift where you're like you know i've seen our numbers dip dramatically and it's one of those things where i was like but i feel like we're getting better guests We're i'm actually doing better i think like you know i would say in the last month and a half since starting therapy i think like the conversations i'm having with people are infinitely more interesting because it's a natural organic conversation happening because I'm opening up more, which then in turn makes them open up more and not yeah. just hear all of my notes. And I'm here's like my two or three questions I'm building around and literally forming a conversation and steering it and dropping little clues along the way to where, when I ask a question, it's like, well, you think I just randomly came to it, but I actually started putting that these pieces into play 25 minutes ago because I knew I was going to get here and being more comfortable with me. Um, and the fact that I can kind of roll with talking to somebody, but the funny thing is like the numbers are just kind of eh, in and you're just like, well, fuck, why am I opening? Like, why am I talking about going to therapy? Why am I talking about shit that's happened in my life? And more importantly, why, if no one cares, then I feel bad that the
2: other person I'm talking to is essentially really burying themselves. Um, well, and I, I think, um, putting yourself out there is like a, like a huge thing. And, um, I think it's great that you talk about therapy because the stigma fucking sucks and, and I've started it too. And it's helped me open up myself. So props for seeking the help that you need. And I think that people that come on your show should be vulnerable and they should be open. And what I, what I really like, and, and I get a sense that and what we like, and I get a sense that what you like is, is community. Yeah. Especially now that things have been shut down and we're not able to, to be together with others. You realize how much you appreciate, whether it's in person, having a phone call, doing a podcast, like just talking to people. And um, I feel like euphoric after meeting with friends now and having deep conversations and jason and i i mean this is how we decided to actually just go for the podcast or pod snack we call it because we were having these conversations and we're like we should have just recorded that dude like we why don't we just do this with people on air which is exactly what you're doing and props to you for doing it solo because that's hard in itself
0: i mean it it is Mm. um but i mean i think kind of like you know it kind of going to the fuel by choice thing i did something else with you know a two of my friends and I was the one consistently trying to get all of us together to do something. And then it was just like, if I have the motivation for not only myself, but two other people, then I should just fucking do my own thing. And it's nothing against those two people. Um, But it was just something that was kind of pointed out to me. So, you know, I was fueled by just wanting to have conversations because I think I know I'm a little bit older than you guys, but you remember a time when that's all we had. Was communicating with each other. We didn't have text messaging or cell phones or the internet really being what it is. So when you went to hang out with your friends, you literally hung out with your friends. Mm-hmm. You would be able to hang out for hours, just bullshitting. Um, I mean, I've been I was just kind of reminded of this really recently on our on our show because something we've been doing, and it's absolutely fucking stupid. But over the last like three weeks, uh, because I joined my co-host's other show and you know, we record every, every two weeks, we do like two episodes, but we, for whatever fucking reason, we started doing this Bane voice and Bane voice is like <laughs> so fucking old and done, but we'll be like, yeah. So, and we'll just, we'll be doing this and we'll crack each other up for like 30 fucking minutes. Like, it reminds me of being in like middle school with your friends at a sleepover and it's like 1130 and you guys are t- like deliriously tired. Cause you've been, you know, probably drinking a shitload of pop and eating sugary foods and a bunch of junk shit and you just like want to stay up because it's the weekend and you can and every dumb thing is fucking hilarious even though it's really not and it's been kind of funny that it's like i have this and, and you know it's it's been an ongoing joke for like the last three weeks like i said and i know it's absolutely dumb like the episode i'm putting out this weekend Like we fucking brought it into the intro and I was like, I'm going to leave it in. Like, I know it's so dumb, but like it makes me laugh. Maybe it'll make somebody else laugh. Like who fucking knows? But it's like, yeah, Bane voice. That's so like
2: almost 10 years old at this point. Like it's not funny. But you're talking to guys that make bird noises (laughs) and used to like roll down our window on campus and like yell at people for fun. So we, Oh, really I did the same care. thing when I lived in
0: East Lansing, I,
2: the <laughs> amount of like you forget so that organic fun. Yeah. Hey, wear a rubber? Like stuff like that, you know?
0: Well, it's like, <laughs> I'm cause I'm going to go up to Lansing probably in the next, like this next week and go hang out with my friend that still lives up there, Jason. And, uh, he was reminding me the other day, uh, that we were cruising down by where the old blockbuster was on campus. Um, wow. and, there was like one of those like flags for like electrical work or something they were doing. And this kid was walking by and I rolled down his window and I'm in the passenger side. And I was like, Hey man, can you you grab me that flag? And he's like, like points at it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Can you grab me that real quick? And he's like, yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh, thank you. And then like he handed it to me and as soon as like we started to leave, I just fucking threw it back into like just kind of darted it like lawn darted it back into the ground. (laughs) But for whatever reason, it killed Jason because not this Jason, but my friend Jason. And he just goes, the fact that you were just like, oh, oh, thank you. Like it just sounded like something from like Aqua like just the way you said like, oh, oh, thank you. And then just chucked it back in the ground. Like as soon as we start taking off, I was like, yeah, it's, it's dumb. I, I don't know why that's funny, but we still laugh about it. Or like we were going through, I think actually we were going to one of your, your house on your, our way there. And he was wearing a pair of low top Chuck Taylors and he wanted high tops, but someone got him low tops or low, whatever. And he happened to go by a house that had shoes in the outside patio. And he goes, Oh shit, they're the same color. I'm going to go see if those are my size. And he literally swapped his low tops for high top. <laughs> they happened to be the exact same size. And I was like, can that's you hilarious. like, it was almost like a, a Dane cook skit where I, it's like, can you imagine the confusion that you go to grab your shoes after being at a party and you have high tops and then you go back outside and now they're low tops. Yeah. Like what the fuck we did I that. Like to, to somebody. Do,
2: I like to eat bananas and like make eye contact with somebody while I do it. Like that's my little <laughs> Just social deep experience. Eye contact. Yeah. And they were like, what the fuck? It's like,
1: whatever. I like potassium. Dude, you're so right though. It just, <laughs> just reminded me of like, we would make our own humor or make our own entertainment yeah. where nowadays everyone's just like, yeah, no, this is way fucking funnier than anything you have to say. And it's sad, man. I mean, obviously you got to roll with the times and that's the way it is. But you know, that just reminds me of just creating your own humor with, you know, your friends in a room and you got no distractions. Like, Hey, there's no more that cartoon or that show is not on anymore. So now we just need to hang out and dick around and drink some more Mountain Dew or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> what? Um, so, I mean, kind of been wrapping up because I know you got to be done soonish. Um, since starting a podcast, that's something I always like asking people who have started doing them. Um, what is something you have learned about yourself because of doing the podcast? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have, I think I have adult ADD because I have so many things. It's like, I know what, even when we're talking right now, I I know what I want to say. And then all of a sudden I get this like cloud of uh, like a thousand different facts went over and it's hard for me to spit out what I want to say. So one of the things I've been trying to do is just work on speaking and having conversation. And uh, so that's one thing I learned about myself is I'm not the best communicator.
0: Mm. (laughs) Do you feel you're a better listener, though, than maybe a communicator? Yes.
2: Drew? Um, hmm. I would say, like, one thing I've realized is that um, I was actually, I was watching the movie Soul, actually, the other day. And they were talking about, like, regardless of whatever you're skilled at doing or your skills in life, like, you always have that spark that, that really drives you. And I'm starting to find out that it's like talking to people, um, because I, I work at a job with, with, you know, and I was very fortunate throughout the pandemic to like have hundreds of people that I work with, that I can communicate with and like these different pods of people that I'm, that I'm friends with. And, um, I've always had such a large circle of friends and it, it. I, um, I don't know. I guess I appreciate it more. And I find that just talking to people fills me up and doing the podcast has only just showed me more of that.
0: Where, what do you, what are your goals I guess for the rest of this year for, for the company and what are some maybe other avenues uh, for, I guess, branding opportunities or whatever that you're excited about getting into with the, for my by choice.
1: Well, I think we're gonna try to go gung- ho on the podcast, and uh you know apparel is hard, and I think we had a <laughs> we had a come to moment where we're we just realized you know it's it's hard to think ahead of seasons and then on top of it you know come up with the designs and uh so i, I think our initial mindset around apparel was like, hey we're gonna do this we 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 can come up with the ideas and designs and <laughs> once it starts going, you're like, Oh shit. Like we still have the shirts. We still have a batch of shirts from, you know, almost a year ago. They're still there, but we still need new stuff. So it's kind of a clap. You know, you, you keep spending money and you just get to making some and then You got to drop a bunch more. So, you know, as you know, podcasts are pretty cheap to do and they're super, they're super effective for our message. And yeah. so I think we're just trying to pivot and talk to people. And, and that's what we found is once people, once we speak to people about the brand, they totally get it without trying to convey it through this shirt. And and yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I I love the the shirt and the design and people love it too. It's great material and whatnot, but making them understand through visuals is extremely tough, but being able to talk to someone for 30 minutes to an hour makes that so much easier. And, uh, so yeah, so we want to keep developing the podcast and we have a whole spring line ready to go. Um, but as far as like going forward i think we're just
2: gonna maybe
1: take baby steps with the apparel side and just kind of have fun with the podcast
2: um i was talking to i was having a conversation with my dad too a couple of weeks ago and Brian. He, was, he was yeah Brian, <laughs> Brian Brian Ram Brian Nelson Rambo original um, Wilson fan Yep. <laughs> totally uh he was talking about like i don't know i was i was like dad like i'm 32 i'm single like it's it's crazy, like having this feeling, like uh, what what's next for me? Like my job's good, like I have a good thing going. And he's like Drew. When I was um, when I was twenty six, like we started having kids, and you were like my purpose in life. Like your your mom and I raised you guys, and that's what we live for. And so I personally, and I know Jason feels this way too. Like charity and giving back is huge um and using this brand uh it just it feels like what we're supposed to be doing so to to be able to do like the great cycle challenge like we raised over 20 grand with a great group of like cyclists last year hoping to double that up this year um give back to children's cancer research um any way that we can use our uh, apparel to to give some of the proceeds to a certain charity um or we're working with hope network now, which is big on wellness and, and mental illness and stuff and um, co-branding a little bit. So I think that's always on the table for us. We don't have necessarily specific goals for that, but any way we can raise money to give back and use the brand to do so is huge too <laughs> on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just having fun with it, doing meaningful events and, you know, hopefully, with our music background, we can do like a show yeah. and, you know, collaborate with hope network or some other, uh, organization to raise funds for a specific cause. And, uh, so hopefully we can get back to shows cause that was, that's a, been something on our mind too, is like, you know, maybe Chad would be, want to be involved too. It's like just coming up with some kind of event, get some people to play. Maybe prescribed fires can play mm-hmm. <laughs> Wilson reunion. Maybe
0: no, i Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. I don't think all of you have sold all your gear yet. No. Yeah. Got plenty of gear.
1: And I'm getting married next year, so that's a big one. Yeah. That's
0: a big one. Oh, the Wilson <laughs> reunion at the the reception. Yeah, we'll
1: have like 10 reunions. <laughs> 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 but one song per
0: reunion. <laughs> Does I guess I'll kind of end it on that. Um, you know, because I, I I wasn't able to go to the the last show's Um, the last sets you guys did, which was kind of a bummer, but kind of almost one of those where it's like I felt like I had my time, like of when no one was there of seeing you guys play. And this was kind of like for all the people that you've amassed over you know the 10 years that maybe this was their second or third time ever getting to see you because they just found you. So it kind of turns into one of those things where you're like, I guess I won't be greedy because like I can't go and I'm not gonna feel bad about it because like I have 10 plus years of bone to see you all over not even just here in michigan but like all over and but it was a thing where i was really hoping for at least like an og max set like amazing dude i don't know if chad had mentioned like what we were trying to figure out trying to to figure out how to do it in different yeah cities or whatever yeah 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 but i was i was really hoping and betting on especially since drew had kind of come back around a little bit i was like so you're saying there's a chance for like, I don't know if Mike still plays drums at all, but I was like, man, it'd be really rad to kind of, you know, get Taylor back. I know he still plays guitar, like get basically the original lineup back together to play, you know, standing on the reel essentially. And then maybe like the three other songs that were like, I think better off. And, uh, I don't remember what the other ones were, but basically before you went and record what would become full blast fuckery. Um, like those songs that were kind of being demoed out over the live experience over like a handful of, you know, six to eight months. And I was like, that would be fucking rad. I don't know if any of you guys would be like, if any of the other guys would be like, I don't want to fucking learn these songs all over again and play one for one (laughs) show. Like that would be not worth it to us, but I'm always hoping that that'll maybe happen down the road. You know what I was always hoping for was a
1: remix of standing on the real. Uh, you mean a remaster or no remix in what regard well so mcgowan had all the files right so we recorded on his computer and uh, it was his first recording experience Mm. (laughs) he's like so he had all the sessions right but he didn't quite know how to like I, i shouldn't say he didn't know but he didn't consolidate and uh, delete the unused files. So when you open up a session, it's like yep. thousands and thousands of just like, Oh, there, Oh fuck. I fucked it up. So that take of a millisecond <laughs> is there. So he said to me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to piece together these songs. But uh, yeah, my, my hope was when he got, I was like, I'm going to do this, like behind the scenes, little remix on standing on the reel, just because it'd be fun. I mean, a remaster would be cool too, but just to bring it. I, I mean, obviously like it's cool hearing stuff when it's preserved in time. I think what's
0: weird is seeing people looking for it now and I go... I had stacks of those fuckers because you guys are just giving to me and then I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, here's here's my friend's bitch. And then like I didn't keep any for myself because I was like, Oh, I can get another one. And now even I don't have one. And I'm like, God, how many of those things did I give away? <laughs> you have the
2: one you have the one with the original like artwork on it with like I probably purple. did, but like I between giving like letting people borrow, like
0: Jason yeah. or Trevor or whatever, borrow it because I had it no one and they didn't at the time or whatever, or then like I said, you guys giving me just stacks of those copies because I would just give them out when I'd go to shows or whatever. Like I don't even have any of those. Like um I don't remember where it is. Um (laughs) might actually be behind behind my screen right now. But as I say, like the show where you put a fucking hole in in Louis. I
1: do. I was I should have placed a bet on it. I was like it's gonna get brought up. Um,
0: Monumental moment.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised (laughs) I didn't break my fucking leg. Like I'm lucky
0: the only reason that I thought about it honestly was cause I just ran into Kyle Geary like from Stockton like tonight. Mm. So wow. I, just, I just was thinking about it. Um, wow. So, I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, like, and that's, that's kind of, you know, close my comment though about that. It's like, that was to me, like seeing you guys play in front of like nobody constantly mm-hmm. around that time and just winning people over one by one or 10 by 10 or whatever. And, you know, like Steve Hunter that used to run sound at Mulligans would talk about that show, legendarily talk about the show where sound was fucked up. You guys, I think, had 45 or 50 minutes. 32 of them or 35 of them was fixing your sound issues because something was wrong with your gear. <laughs> and then most bands were probably been like, well, I guess we're just not going to play. And then Chad's like, "We still got time, 20 minutes. All right, we're going. And then you guys like just killed it. And it's like we talk about like those scenarios where, things that would be setbacks for a lot of other bands where they're like, well, this isn't perfect. So I'm not going to fucking do it now. Cause like, it's not going to look as cool or I'm not going to be able to present myself the way that I feel I should. Your ethic was always blue collar as fuck and just do it. And you know, I've always championed that aspect of you guys Where Yes, I do. I mean, just very much like myself. I love partying. I love having a good time. I don't know anyone that doesn't, but there's a side of that that I often think gets belittled by like your work ethic gets belittled by your party vibe. And that always was a bummer to me because I know you were better than that. (laughs) I feel like I've always been the champion to be like, yeah, I know they're a party band. Yes, they are absolutely fun to hang out with (laughs) and great musicians. Let me show you this other side that I always see the mm-hmm. side that makes them good friends and why I've known these guys and kept them around for 10 plus years in my life.
2: Well, on that note, that's awesome, but on that note I do want to let you know like we had there were when we were playing like there were drink limits before sets like you better not <laughs> have more that. than two whiskeys cuz <laughs> if you miss a bass note like Jason's whipping his head looking at you across the stage like what the fuck was that? Like he hears everything. So <laughs> It's, I'm not saying he set those limits, but we we did for ourselves. Like, we were serious about it. And then yeah. we partied afterwards, for sure. Oh, yeah. But um, that's
0: why I always and, think it's funny when people are like, oh, the band doesn't really party. I'm like, oh, no, they did. Yeah. But when you have to tour and someone has to be responsible and yeah. this is now your, your job and you got to do it, you know, five, six, seven shows in a row, you can't mm-hmm. just be hung over every single night. Like, you get can't just get
2: in the trailer before you start drinking heavy. <laughs> oh, the lessons <laughs> learned. Mm-hmm. The lessons
1: learned. Dude, I. Uh, I think it was like the magic stick, but I was, uh, I was having a good time <laughs> and we, well, first of all, I tried to carry my head case and wrap down the magic stairs. And then, there, and it was like, everyone's like, no, 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 you're absolutely not. And then when we, when we got outside, all the gear was sitting before it goes on the trailer and you know, before Tetris starts, Yep. And I just start, I ran and I just jumped into everything, <laughs> just knock it all over the place. And it's so funny. Cause I just think about like, at that time, did you ever go to the, my house at at state the Charles house. Did you ever end up there at
0: all? Yeah, I think that's where you, DeRose, and I were talking about fisheye porn. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally oh, our first conversation. Was huge. You, you uh, Matt and I talking about porn, and then I like somehow we got to talking about you know what would be really cool and just really different is if you did like fish eye lens porn because like at that point that was like the big thing in like hip hop videos and so forth. Fish, yeah, the fisheye lens was everything. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, that house is crazy. But yeah, at, at, <laughs> at, at, at that house, like, you know, my roommates and I, we just, we, we'd have a good time. And then we'd start like just jumping into the stuff in the mm-hmm. house. Like, it was like, oh, that's a cabinet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna jump into it and knock everything down and just yep. destroy everything. And
0: it's a crazy time. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean we used to, we used to go pretty hard i mean (laughs) my buddy jason and i sometimes will be like you know what i haven't done in a while i haven't done a bush like jumped into a bush (laughs) like it was like i haven't had a good i haven't jumped into a bush in a while i haven't had a good bush bush in a while yeah and then you just like randomly jump into a bush and then you're like why and you're like because it's fun it's stupid yeah it's
1: just gonna hurt a little bit you'll be right oh
0: yeah and then you puncture your fucking back with (laughs) yeah whatever's in there and you're like that wasn't a great idea yeah um, where can everyone find you and, or whatever you want to plug, uh, online? Well, feel by choice, feelbychoice.com, feel by by choice on
1: every fucking network. We even got a TikTok. We're, we're figuring, we're figuring it out. We're trying
0: more power to you. I don't know how that shit works. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, not to go down a wormhole.
1: Um, have you checked out clubhouse? No, do it. It's been amazing in terms of like, like I, I love listening to podcasts. Um, I'm sure you do too we both
0: do it's it's a live podcast essentially and uh is it is there was an app it wasn't for podcasts necessarily i think it was like for band stuff like so basically you would go into a room and someone would be djing and you'd have like little avatars that would go into a club watching someone play music like old bands <laughs> yes, like OnlyFans. <laughs> there's some fisheye fish going on and on. Yeah, yeah, you know, that Japanese, the Japanese hentai porn. Yeah, Um well, it, yeah,
1: it's kind of like that. You know, obviously, it looks like an Instagram photo, whatever your photo wants to be. So, you know, if I'm going into this room, they'll see my profile, and uh, if you'll have mediators, and then you get an opportunity to raise your hand and speak. Oh, and so you can get in these smaller. Like I just did a room uh, the other day about uh, um, like float tanks. You oh, ever heard
0: of that. Oh yeah. I, I, I can't swim very well and I don't know how to float. So I don't know that those would work for me.
1: Yeah. So I went to this float tank, uh, room, clubhouse room, and there was like 10 people in there and three of them are in the UK and I'm just like listening to this conversation and it's, you know, just you, there's tons of rooms that are constantly going on. So like whatever the subject is, you can go in there, just listen, raise your hand if you have a question and then that's it. So definitely check it out.
0: Is it, I mean, I would assume not, but like, are these "quote unquote" experts on these things, or is it just open forum conversation?
1: Open forum. I mean, sometimes you'll get like legit people, like a, like a doctor who's speaking about something, and then you'll have he'll he'll be featuring some other doctors in the room, and then people can they'll open it up for questions, mm-hmm. and then someone can maybe ask something specific about whatever. But yeah, uh, I mean, just like podcasts, you know, you you have your experts, and then you have your experts, and uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> It reminds right. me of, like, Reddit, like a live recording at yeah. Reddit, essentially.
0: No. I just use Reddit for porn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who doesn't? Do I don't you really know I what I'm...
0: <laughs> I i do not really know how to use Reddit for anything. Like, I tried using it to post the podcast in there, and then someone would always flag me for doing it wrong, and I'm like, dude, I don't know, I give up. <laughs> it like, yeah. just makes no sense. Oh, you need to put this, like, semicolon here first, and you're like, uh, I thought uh, I did.
1: Reddit police, huh?
0: yeah every time every time someone would be like you did this wrong and i'm like i'm oh, sorry just trying to fucking post something <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for uh taking the time and uh looking forward to- hopefully people follow your podcast and uh maybe when things i don't know maybe i'll see you in one of those clubhouse things yeah dude yeah. hey well if you're interested in being on uh, our podcast let's let's do something <laughs> So that was my conversation with Drew and Jason of Fueled by Choice. Uh, again, if you want to go check out anything Fueled by Choice, head on over to FueledByChoice.com. It's going to be the landing page for everything. Kind of get to see all the merch that they're doing, uh, their podcast or pod snacks, as they like to call them, uh, available everywhere as well. But that'll be the landing page for all the social medias and everything that they've got going on. As you kind of heard Drew mention, you know that they've been able to raise money for various charities um, and do a lot of good for their community uh, out in Detroit and beyond. So it's one of those where um, it's it's really easy to kind of support this and want to get it out to a bigger audience, basically, that may not know they exist. And you know, maybe it's gonna be the impetus for you, uh, to kind of look inward and maybe wanna start your thing. Uh, you know, what what is fueling your choice to to be creative uh in these, you know, trying times of a pandemic where I think a lot of us were left with, you know, who are we? And a lot of inward reflection as to maybe goals we had, you know, starting to work out, you know, doing picking up a new hobby that you always wanted playing guitar, you know, being more active, uh, in things or, you know, just even taking ownership of getting better, uh, yourself, just in a lot of ways, whether it be through communicating and reconnecting with friends because, you know, we can't go see people or we weren't able to. Um, but we all had social media. So maybe you started, uh, conversating with someone that you hadn't in a while, um, I just think, you know, this last year, year and a half uh, or so has really been a, a really eye-opening experience for a lot of us. Um, so want to thank uh, Jason and, and Drew for coming on and chatting. And uh, who knows, maybe down the road you'll see me over on uh, one of their shows. Um, it's always kind of fun doing other people's shows and kind of being involved uh, in that and just kind of more or less letting go of the reins and just kind of being more free-flowing with everything. Um, it's a little intimidating because I like to be overly prepared for things, and that's usually not how other people <laughs> operate their shows. Um, like I said, I, I've kind of enjoyed going to other people's shows and just kind of getting to be a guest. Um, it's not really something I get to do on this, so... Um, And if you would like to support Jason and Drew and uh, Fuel by Choice, like I said, fuelbychoice.com is your landing page for all that. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Fuel by Choice. Instagram for Jason is Jason David Spencer. Uh, For Drew, it's Drew B. Rambo. Go and check those out. I highly recommend the uh, Save Stories thing on Drew's Instagram uh, for the microphone thing. You'll know it when you see it, when you click on it. It's it's rather amusing. So a lot of fun stuff. Jason obviously has a a handful of bands uh, that he's been doing. Uh, He's also been doing working on people's websites and so forth, making those better. So just a lot of things that those guys are are doing uh, and providing interesting content to follow, uh, to be inspired by. And if you want to keep up with Dan, you can find him simply enough at Discuss Metal. Dan on Twitter, Discuss Metal uh, on Instagram, and just at his name, Daniel Terry on Facebook. Everything this podcast, you just go to bruisespeakpod.com. It's the landing page for everything. We'll take you anywhere you need to go that we are on social media, podcast platforms, and so forth. So uh, wherever you happen to go, just go there. That'll take you anywhere you need to go involving us. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Again, thanks to our sponsors, Rockabilia, On Point Pomade, and The Bean Bastard. And uh, for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and we'll talk to you next week.